All right, so, um, and I've blanked already. This is going spectacular. Start me off, because I apparently can't think. <laughs> and stop recording. Start recording again. Nope. I'm just we're we're doing it live, boys. Okay. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Sure. All right. Uh, uh, so this is VF Gaming. Uh, we're going to be a podcast primarily talking about, well, frankly, games. Since this is going to be our first introductory episode, go ahead and lead yourself in. Yeah. Um, so I am the F part of this. I'm Will. Um, I've really been gaming for majority of my life right now. Uh, actually, more than majority. Um, yeah, and it's what I do when I do have free time. Yeah, you're an old man. You don't have free time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm the V part. Uh, I'm Alex of uh, VF Gaming, and I have been playing video games of all types and sorts since I had the dexterity in my fingers to pick up a controller, which, if I recall, was about f- three or four. Um, but for today's episode, what we're going to be discussing is actually uh, RPGs, uh, not any style of RPG in particular, um, just RPGs in general. And my first thing that I want from you is, what is what is a list of RPGs from your childhood? That's uh, a list. Well, I've got Fable, the original one. Uh, I, I will include all the most of the Kingdom Hearts. By most, I'm going to name the main, uh, meaning the numbered ones, one and two, and Chain of Memories. That was actually what was my childhood, not the all numerous spin-off birth, I mean spin-off, Birth by Sleep, 365 over eight, or whatever that it, one number was, um, Pokemon Coliseum, uh, Star Fox Adventures, those are probably the big ones that come to the top of my head. Okay. Uh, for me, it was uh, Tales of Symphonia uh, for the Tales of games. Uh, I've played a whole bunch since then. Um, but I grew up playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, uh, Majora's Mask, Jet Force Gemini, uh, Star Fox Adventures. Um, I had seen some gameplay of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I hadn't really played it up until like four or five years ago, unfortunately. Um, But it's just, man, it was so fucking good. Um, So my next thing for you is what makes a good RPG? For me, honestly, I'd probably, I'd, I would have to say story. If I can't get invested in the story, um, whatever that story is, like, honestly, the, the main character is uh, is a sticking point, but I, the overall story for me needs to be something I can get into. The main character, like, I've played a couple, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the main character I'm not a big fan of. They're just whatever generic. Um, even just the blank uh, char- uh, characters are fine like yeah objectively it's not a great character they're supposed to be self-insert characters but as long as the overall story um fit works for me and is good and is enjoyable that's really what it is for me okay um what about um do you have to if you're not able to insert your quote unquote yourself as the character do you have to like the main character in order for it to be a good rpg I would say no, and honestly, this just really goes for my opinion and for characters in general. You do not have to like the main character. I think that if a character is done right, you can hate the main character. You can like either hate the way that they're they're acting, hate their their guts, whatever it is. And for me, like if you can actively hate the main character or be indifferent to the character, like oh whatever, like you don't have to like them. You have to be able to like maybe what's going on around them, 
because guess what? You're going to be involved with people you hate in everyday life. So it's like, okay, well, you're going to have to deal with them somehow. Whereas the main character, obviously it's easier to like an RPG if you like the main character. Like, yeah, I want to see what they do, how they're doing, or I want to make them make this choice. But even if you hate the way they act, they're annoying, they're obnoxious. I will say that, yeah, if, you're, if they're excessively annoying or excessively obnoxious, then yeah, that can probably detract from the RPG. But if it's done in an appropriate way, like it's not heavy-handed, um, and again, like you can you can look at a, at a couple examples from anime, from movies, where there's a character that some that that everybody in the fan base hates, and they hate. And now, granted, they're probably supposed to be hated, but they hate because it's just a bad character. If it's actually a good a, a good a good written well written well written, there we go. You're a uh, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, there's a reason I don't teach English. Um, a, a well-written character can still be—you can still be—you can still hate them as long as you can get invested in the story around them. And maybe it's maybe it's the side characters you like a lot more that you actually want to see the side characters. That's totally fine. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. Um, I I think a real good example of um, what makes a, an RPG good is actually not whether or not you like the character. Um, character development in and of itself if you can take a character that you dislike and the creator of the game can turn them into a not really someone that like truly fully blossoms and becomes like oh my god i love this this person by the end of the game but even just some type of wow i used to be kind of a whiny bastard and at you know towards the middle or the end of the game it, you you watch them essentially or effectively grow up uh learning that yeah life is hard sometimes and it sucks and you're not always going to get what you want but they learn how to deal and cope with those aspects um a really good game an example of that is actually final fantasy 10 uh the start of the game titus the main character whiniest little bastard i've ever played in a video game ever never shuts up about how he's lost everything or it's not going the way that he wants or he has no idea what's going on and then by the end of the game he's decided that he doesn't care about any of that and he's going to try to he he is determined and absolutely set to figure out a way to save a person in particular if you've never played the game i don't want to give too many spoilers for it but essentially his his character development over the game is not just astounding it's it's actually beautiful to watch uh simply because of how much he develops and the way that he develops and i mean he's he's forced to to grow up but he goes from this whiny famous popular guy who is the star of a what is essentially an underwater football team to one of the saviors of the world I mean that that how do you do that? How do you take this this crazy pop star who's been handed everything and suddenly make him care about people that aren't himself enough to the point where he's willing to do whatever it takes to save them? If we had an audio or video editor, I would make a note saying, "Can we please include the ti- the Titus laugh?" That that laugh. <laughs> um, but no, you're 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 entirely right. And as, again, it's not even just games in general. Like just any movie, anime, book, whatever. Like if you can see that character development. Again, like you said, you don't have to even... Still, by the end, you don't have to like them, but you can actually... You've developed a respect for them because they have changed. Yeah, they may not have changed to be like, oh, yeah, they're they're a pinnacle, they're a paragon of, you know, what they should be, but you've seen that growth. You've seen that change that, like you said, growing up, the, really the, char- the character growth from um, 
whatever it is, like a, like a whiny know-it-all or um, a person who never wants to try and do anything. They're just always down on themselves. They never try. They're always like, no, I can't do it. Um, and to see that growth that you actually, you do start to like them. Again, you don't have to actually fully like them by the end of it, but you see that de that development. That is, I would, I do actually 100% agree now. I actually didn't think of that. Um, what also makes a good RPG. I, I still do think that the story overall, I, I, I guess I guess character development is included in their story. So I guess maybe I'm being a bit, I'm cheating a little bit with my answer and that it is so broad because it, you can't include a lot of, of things with it. kind of can because character development could also come from um, side quests or side development. It's It doesn't always have to be part of the main story, which is why I said it is something separate. True, but I I would I would still argue though that it is better in the main story because if it's a, if it's a side story or a side quest, unless it's required, which the point is not a side quest, you might not see it, and then that would detract from it actually being because if if let's let's say that for you know, your Titus example, let's say you only saw that development in the side quest. Obviously, the side quest can help build that, but if you don't see it in the main through story quests or the story plot points, really like. If they pushed all that to the side, like, oh, you see him be more confident or nice or whatever on the side quest, but on the main quest, he's still a whiny bitch all the way through. It's like, well, is there really actually development in terms of can in terms of the canon story? Because, I mean, yeah, you could say the side quests are canon to a degree, but, I mean, ultimately, by the end of the game, you can choose to not do them. True, but then at that point, you could also choose not to have that character development in the case of games with multiple endings. Fair. That is fair. Which is why I say even even in side quests, it, it just seeing some type of character development is what makes a good RPG. And I, I would also build on that in terms of general is good side quests because unfortunately, because of their nature of side quests, a lot of things don't actually get accomplished in side quests. Like it's just like usually just oh yeah, we'll help this person or whatever, but you don't actually get to see that growth a lot in side quests because the developers have to go under the assumption that maybe you didn't do this. And so if like a care now, if they can make a make a RPG in this will obviously require a lot of extra development time, but actually then check, hey, have you done a side quest? Oh, you have. Let's change this dialogue here then in this main story quest. Um, I can't think of a game off the top of my head that's done that. But if they had the resources, the time to do that, then I think that, yeah, that would 100 percent be an amazing RPG then if it if it can actually incorporate uh, your side objectives, your side quests that you choose to do or not to do. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, but sticking to the topic of what makes a good RPG um, and, and some of the RPGs that you played uh, as a kid, let's, let's go with one for right now. And what made that game in particular memorable for you? I'm good for me. I'm gonna have to pick the one that's most memorable is gonna be Fable, and it's funny because I the reasoning that I said that's a good story is a, makes a good RPG actually isn't the reason why I is most memorable for me for Fable, and for me it's the circumstances surrounding it um, and the actual playing of the game. This was back well, it released in 2004, um, so sometime around 2004, maybe early 2005. Um, I was having a sleepover with my cousin. We went to Roger's Video slash Blockbusters, because that, that was a thing back in 2004, and we actually rented Fable for the Xbox. And then we brought it back home, and we played it all night, um, just trading off on the quest. Like, one of us would do a, either a main quest or side quest, and we trade it off, or, oh, I can't get past this part, here you try, and just doing that. And I, I, to be fair, I do like the story of, of the original Fable. I, I found it 
even as 2004, a early teen, preteen, however old I was in 2004, um, I found it to be an enjoyable story. Uh, the a kid in a town, his town is attacked. His entire family is presumed dead. Uh, well, his entire family essentially is dead, except for his sister. You find out he's alive later. Spoiler alert for a well, oh, gee, ooh, yeah, for a seventeen-year-old game. Oh my gosh! Oh, um, and so and so, <laughs> trying to track her down, figure out what's going on, why your why your town was attacked, why you survived, what's going on there. I did overall enjoy the story. Do I think maybe the fable story was a great story? Probably not. But just the the playing with my cousin for the, for the all nighter. We didn't actually quite finish up staying up all night. We ended up going to sleep. I think it was at like five a.m. We got stuck on a quest. Um, the quest saving the some dude at the dock. I can't remember oh, what the dude God, was, but yeah, I, but I, I but one. I do remember the quest. It was annoying. We kept just getting overrun by by enemies, and it was it actually annoyed me so much to the point that then after that night, I think it was later that week. Then at my uh, my family's little weekly dinner that we'd go out to dinner and then we'd go to Roger's video and rent. They, my parents would rent a movie. I'd rent a game. I rented Fable literally just. <laughs> to play it and then beat that part and so i literally then all my choices in terms of like actually loving up my skills and everything i'm like hey i want to beat that what do i think is going to work here and i i ended up going through the spell list and i think it was the force it wasn't force push but effectively was force push it would push everybody away from you i'm like you know what that will help me stop getting surrounded played up to that part of the game had force push used it the, the second more than like two enemies were around me got the rest of, my, rest, rest of them away from me went back to beating the one Worked out perfectly. Ended up finishing the game. So, my most memorable one. Again, it's mostly just because of the circumstances surrounding it. Not less. Maybe not for the game itself. I'd probably admit that if I hadn't rented it with my cousin and we played it all night, and maybe I rented it at a later point, would it be as memorable for me? Probably not. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I will say this though: when it comes to the Fable series, or at the very least, the first Fable game. I think it was groundbreaking for an RPG because not only did it have a story that you, the player, could develop over time, it had choices that actually mattered. The dialogue choices, your actions, whether or not you chose to be the bad guy or the good guy. It was the first RPG, to my knowledge and my memory, that actually allowed you to play the game and beat the game as a bad guy. Yeah, I th I think there may have been one or two other games where you could do good or bad choices, but I don't think to the extent of Fable. Like actually, it physically appear in your character. Like when you if you did the full good, if I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. It's been a while since I played Fable, but like you got a more like white and angelic appearance. Whereas if you did all of the bad choices, you started growing horns and being more demonic. So like it actually affecting aesthetically your character, which then also part of Fable's thing was how characters react to you. It's like well, if you look like a demon. The, NPCs, the, the town guards all, attacked you, and yeah, all the, the NPCs yeah, ran they, away. They were they were they were afraid of you. They were scared of you. Now, on that same note, though, really the only good or bad choice that really mattered was the very end choice, which I obviously won't tell for maybe those that haven't said it, haven't played Fable, but because you could you could actually play the entire game good uh, up until the last choice. Taking me away from fucking TV show. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. Um, by the way, the. Luke, go ahead and give yourself an introduction. Because I'm recording right now. Okay. Um, yeah, Luke. Uh, I do. I do game stuff, and 
<laughs> yeah, that's that, you know. Yeah, I think Perfect. I think just uh, I think just <sighs> over so time, it'll be more. It'll be more clear of who I am. That's fair. And what I do. Um, well, Will and I are actually discussing. Uh, t- so in today's episode, we're talking about RPGs. Um, what what makes a good RPG? Okay. What are memorable RPGs? Uh, at the moment, we are actually talking over Fable. Um, and Fable is, as I stated earlier, is a truly brown, groundbreaking game, especially for its time, because of the choices that it allowed you to do. Uh, you could go the okay. good story, the bad story. Um, it had character development, both for your character and the side characters in it. And it just, it, it was a phenomenal RPG. Um, but what are your, some of your thoughts on Fable? You even old enough to play Fable, Luke? Have you played Fable? Uh, I actually have never played a Fable game. No. Oh my god! Yeah. Why am I talking? Okay. Well, to you? I I don't necessarily blame you because uh, I think because Fable Three probably would be the big one when that you would have probably heard of. I think uh, maybe Fable Two. Yeah, it was, it was maybe Fable 3. maybe Fable Two, but Fable Three. I never did play Fable Two or Three. Um, but at least for for me, like I didn't play Fable Two partially because. I did also like the more medieval aspect of Fable, where it was just swords, bows, magic, and then starting to add guns, the, like a blunderbuss, into Fable 2. I wasn't that big a fan of it, so I'm like, eh. And then by Fable 3, when it was industri- like the part of the Industrial Revolution type thing, while I loved the trailers, I never did play it, but I also, I'm kind of glad I didn't, because at least Reception of Fable 3, it was lukewarm, probably at best, in that like the first half of the game, you're just building up, and then the second half, you were like, I can't quite remember, because I never did actually play it, it was just like a a bit of a, almost more of a simulator at that point because you're just running the, the, the kingdom, I guess, slight spoilers for that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so our next point is, uh, have, it, it's a two part question. Have either of you ever played an RPG multiple times? I mean, yes, that's an, that's, that's an easy answer. That's just a yes. I mean, one of my favorites I'd say is Fallout New Vegas, just cause I think what makes a good RPG in general is the start to it isn't too specific, making it initially a vague entrance so that, you know, you don't feel set to a specific path or you don't feel like you have to start off on one, which Fallout in Vegas does a very good job of that. I mean, it starts off with you just being a courier who gets shot in the head. And then after that, you get sent out into the world and you get to create your own basical, basically journey. Okay. And I, and Honestly, I think it also has really good aspects due to the infamy system. I mean, the factions in it will eventually hate your guts if you kill enough of them, or if you help them enough, they'll revere you. And the ability to basically kill every single person in that game, except for, obviously, one critical character, which is, yes, man, you can't kill him. I mean, obviously, they can't have it, or else the game would break. I mean, someone has to be able to be alive near the end, but... I think it really benefits it in the long run. Because if you don't like someone, you can fly up, just choose to blow them away. Okay. Which, again, I mean, the best aspects of RPGs are... I mean, character customization is cool and all, but I think it's just freedom of choice is what makes it the best. Okay. Uh, what about you, Will? Have you ever replayed an RPG? Um, the only one that I have, and I don't necessarily technically count it for this, is Skyrim. And that's only because, obviously, I've played on freaking multiple different systems. Um, and they're just doing a different gameplay route. In terms of choices, like unless they're ones that like actually affect the gameplay in terms of like, oh, I'm doing a stealth archer, so I'm gonna do the um Oh god, what is it's Dark Brotherhood? No, what is what is the what is the faction in, in Skyrim that um, you do? Assassin one or Thief yeah, one? Uh the the dark is it the Dark no, it's not the Dark no, Brotherhood. Dark there's, Brotherhood there's, the there's, the the assassins. Thie- there's the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. 
Dark Brotherhood. And the yeah, Thief so. Guilds basically want to be Dark Brotherhood. Yeah. I mean, they're, no, they're it's, it's the Dark Brotherhood because the Dark Brotherhood is the one where you you end up getting kidnapped yeah. into the the shack at one point or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Dark, yeah. Dark Brotherhood, like, so like I'll I'll do that one on like a stealth archer playthrough, but like if I was doing like a sword and board or like a magic one, I I don't even acknowledge that one because it doesn't fit right. the so doesn't fit the archetype you're setting yeah, for your character. And and so and that and like I I, I enjoyed Skyrim for what it is, but I mean it's also a bit overplay at this point so yeah. like, in terms of actual like my favorite rpgs funnily enough i haven't actually played more than once and that's because it goes back to what i what i thought was or what i think is the best part of or makes a good rpg is the story and i mean once i've gone through the story unless it's like literally a choice-based story which very few actually do choice-based story very good um there's not really a whole lot of reason to go back and do it yeah um, because a lot big fault of most RPGs too is they want to make it so you can do almost every storyline on one character, which I think is also problematic. So it's like, why would, for example, why would the, you know, master assassin of the Dark Brotherhood ever join, become suddenly join the Mage Guild? Ever become yeah. the Grand <laughs> Scholar of the Mage Guild or the the, the Winter College or Winter Holds yeah, College? Yeah, and, and like, I guess for that me, would that also really ever depend. happen. <laughs> That does also depend on the the types of RPGs that I normally play. Like 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 I'd never played Oblivion uh, before, and so when I heard Skyrim was coming out, I'm like, oh, like all my friends have played Oblivion. I'm gonna try out Skyrim. So most of my RPGs up to that point had been actual more story based RPGs that actually like you are playing this specific character, and so it's like with that specific character because they have obviously a like a personality. Like generally, that character probably wouldn't be the dick. Like they are made to be the good, per the good guy, or even if they are made to be the dick, like they're not going to be like, oh, you can be come a priest here for this one. It's like, well, no, this character is designed to be a bit of a dick. He wouldn't do that. So most of my RPGs that I that I played and that I enjoy, they are usually more. I, I guess I kind of say it on rails. I, it's not actually on rails, but like more on that where it's like these are like you can make some choices with this, but it's like this character wouldn't make this choice, so that choice isn't even going to be an option because that wouldn't fit with the story we are trying to tell here. And so for me, most like the RPGs that I do enjoy, I've really only played once. Cause yeah, once you know the story, I mean, other, like other than maybe I've forgotten part of the story, maybe I'll go back and play up to that part. Just be like, oh yeah, no right, it did this. But I I don't think I've actually ever actually played through to completion another RPG again, other than like a, a Skyrim type where it's like, yeah, I'm making this archetype for this playthrough because for shits and giggles. Okay, and that's a. And that's the thing with, with it, like something like Skyrim is like you're not playing the Skyrim main story again. You're just doing I'm really I'm gonna just make an archer that's now yeah. part of the Dark Brotherhood. Or I'm gonna make a mage that goes to the Mage Guild or whatever. Like you're really in you're, the end, you still have actually... to fight Aldwin to end the game. I mean, there's yeah, no yeah, and, and generally events. and usually like and every yeah. time actually these for Skyrim for me, like even when I've done those other playthroughs, I've never actually finished. Like I've I've actually finished Skyrim once, and then all my other playthroughs, I'm just doing the character. I never actually bothered to fight Aldwin at the very end, and it makes him like well. I, I'm not playing to fight him anymore. I'm playing to play this character, this character archetype, yeah. this gameplay thing. I'm not so at that lie. point, for me, it's not even RPG. It's just playing a particular gameplay style. I have never once yet to this day killed Alduin. <laughs> it, it, is, it is such a short story. It, like, it's funny. Like I remember the first time playing through, I'm thinking, like, oh, it's such a huge game. And then when I played the second time, I actually went, okay, I'm actually going to finish the main story. And I'm like, wait, that's all of the main story quests? And I'm like, like yeah, the main story of Skyrim is so objectively short like yes there's a huge it's only like an hour's quests, worth of play but the, yeah the main quests are so like there's so few of them that i'm i was like i was like yep. wow yeah um, that's why and well I, that's partially why I f oh. <laughs> sorry i'm just trying to actually no. get to talk at this point um, i don't know 
I think one of the RPGs that I've played the most, um, like from start to finish, completed the story, would actually have to be uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I have been playing that game since my brother got the 64 in the game for his eighth birthday. And, like, I, I went back, I got it for, we, we got the Master Quest version for the GameCube, I went back and I got the 3DS version for my 3DS, like, it's just, oh, it's so good. Like, even though I've played it and I've 100%ed it, like, probably seven or eight times, it's just still so much fun. And I can't pin down why, because I'm not discovering new things about the game, it's just fun! I think at that point for that one, like part like part of it would be the story, maybe initially, but I think maybe just the gameplay itself is actually just solid and is like good enough that you're able to do it multiple times. Because again, that's part of the thing with Skyrim. Like I've played it multiple times, but it again, like the story is objectively the Skyrim story is kind of whatever, really. I'm being totally fair. And Ocarina Time story, I would say, is pretty good. But like, yeah, once you've done the story once, like you're not really seeing a whole lot more. So at that point, it's literally just going to be the gameplay if you, again like 100 percenting it you've already collected all the the skull chillas um the skull chilla tokens or whatever they are you've skull done all that as we call them as the, kids the you've gotten all the mat uh, the masks or the whatever actually that's Majora's mask we're talking about um no isn't there mask side quest in, in ocarina time uh there's a few of them you can get the keton mask the bunny hood and uh, a few others but yeah so the, like, the, like the you're doing all that primarily was for legend of zelda majora's mask yeah, so it's, you're doing all that, and I, I, I think at that point it is just the, ga- the gameplay. And I mean, I, I never did actually play it for the N64. I did play it on the 3DS, and yeah, like the gameplay still does hold up. Um, now, obviously, like I don't have the nostalgia for it like everybody else does. So I never actually did play it when I was seven, eight, or whatever, or whatever. But like, yeah, no, like it is a good game. I haven't played it more than once because I, again, I don't have the nostalgia for it. I, th- I think that may also be part of it too, is a bit of nostalgia because other games, like for me. I play that are RPGs. I have played more than once, partially because of nostalgia. Like it is, like I do enjoy the story. I do enjoy the gameplay. Whatever. Yeah, I've seen the gameplay. I've seen the story, but I still play it because the the game itself is fun. I, that would be my guess for you, anyway. Maybe. Um, but Luke, since you joined us a little bit late, what were some RPGs that you grew up playing? That's a tough one. I gotta think on that for a hot second. Uh, Hopefully his volume level is fine in the recording, so we didn't get to check him. <laughs> Diablo, he's, Diablo he's coming through fine up for me. The Diablo games, Diablo two, I played. Um, yeah, well, if I, I were that. calling if you, you, played, if you could really consider that a RPG. Oh, how could I forget Diablo one? Yes and no. Yeah, I, I, I played a shit I, I, I of consider, Diablo one and two. Yeah, uh, Luke, I do consider uh, Diablo one, two, two, Lord of Destruction, and I would say three. I mean, obviously that's not when we were kids, uh, but I, I would consider those as rpgs they're action rpgs but with the, RPGs. the majority yeah the majority of games i played when i was younger weren't entirely rpgs because back when i was that young a lot of my mindset wasn't really focused on actually developing a character and experiencing the story it was more haha shoot bad guy i was literally uh, about to say haha shoot i didn't really get like into the stories and get like engrossed in the actual what was going on until i was like probably 11 which by that time you know fallout new vegas had came out and i played that a lot and uh skyrim was one of them i enjoyed new vegas more though um fallout 3 especially that was actually one of the earlier ones was fallout 3 um 
I am glad you brought Diablo though, because I, I can't believe I forgot original Diablo like that. I but, still. Uh, but in terms of like RPG games, I guess I've, I've enjoyed it more as I got older, just because creating the story and actually thinking about your choices becomes more. It becomes more of like a thing of consequence in your head than it does when you're younger. Like. A uh, perfect example is that guy who comes running towards you in New Vegas and is like, I just won the lottery! And me being like 10 years old, Tom was like, oh, lottery, he must get a lot of ball caps and just absolutely slaughtering him and <laughs> turning him into putty. But then playing it again when you're older, you're like, yeah, he meant a life lottery of being executed and being let free. Interesting. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like, well, well, messed that one up. But I don't know. I think, I think a lot of like triple a title rpgs are they have good aspects but also bad aspects i think the worst thing you could do in an rpg is not have consequences for a choice for example if you join the dark brotherhood in skyrim you can still go be a companion but yeah. the companions would absolutely despise the dark brotherhood and everything they stand for and i mean i get it you're in the shadows and you're not really known but being like the master assassin of the dark brotherhood you can't not be known or you can't basically go around parading your face everywhere because eventually someone will figure it out. Yeah, actually, so like, locking out some choices based on other choices. Yeah, yeah and that's why I got New Vegas is that when it came down to the big three choices, which was NCR, uh, freeing New Vegas, or joining the Legion, the one you chose, the other faction automatically never accepted you. They always despised you. So it actually had a purpose to go back and play the three stories over again. And depending on the side missions you did and the side factions you interacted with depend on who would help you during the final engagement. Unless it was the Brotherhood of Steel, then they just kind of fucked off no matter what you did with them, but oh well. Yeah. And actually, because you brought up Diablo, I, I do want to amend my What Makes a Good RPG. I do also want to say the world as well. And the only yep. reason why this is because of Diablo is because I, I still will forever remember being five years old, playing the original Diablo. The butcher charge and, you freak yes, out. <laughs> walking down the cathedral, the music, the dark gothic horror. Like, I, I, I enjoy dark gothic horror, and I'm pretty sure I enjoy it because of Diablo. Like, I'm, I'm going to say that. Rush me today. Oh, and my then, God. Yeah, Opening the door to butcher. Oh, fresh meat. Nearly crapping myself as five years old playing an M-rated game. Um, with well, I mean, that's kind of your own fault being five years with, old well, and starting yes. Diablo. Um, well, and and my uncle being like, hey, Will, I heard you like games. I'm like, oh, I got one for you. Clearly, you know, Diablo, you know, freaking pentagrams, upside down corpses, succubi, all great, great for a five-year-old to, you know, play. But yeah, no, just opening his door, seeing inside. I mean, yeah, obviously it's 1996, 1997, so the pixels, you can't really see a whole lot. But it's like, yeah, I, as a five-year-old, like, yeah, that's a person's body upside down on a stake. I can tell what's going on there. Oh, shit. And so, like, that world of Tristram being so downtrodden by demons, like, I, I love that. And, yeah, RPGs in general, having that world. Honestly, the, the world probably is better, because in that way you can make another character. Like, if it is a more choice, like Skyrim, where you actually have a choice. Or even more just a story-driven one, where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm experiencing it as this person. But the world is even better, because then you can actually have a sequel to that RPG in that world. Okay. All right. That's, that's, that's actually a really fair talking point. Um, my next question for you is uh what what would make an rpg worth playing multiple times so will i know you said you haven't played one multiple times because we're not really going to count skyrim but if there were to be a game in the future or even a game that's out right now that you just haven't played what type of quality would you look for in it or even just you know whether whether it's it's anything really but what would make you want to play a game multiple times 
either with the same character, you know, via a, a new game plus mechanic or through making a new character and going through, say, a different story aspect. What would make that's, you want to replay a game multiple times? That, so that's hard because like, I do have RPGs that like I, I stand by, like I think that they're either underrated or I'm like, yes, like it's good. Like people need to look at it more. Um, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I think it, is, I think it got shafted um, a little bit at the Game Awards because it came out in December uh, of the year it came out. So it obviously couldn't qualify for any categories there. And then the following year, it's like, well, it's got an entire year's of competition. So yeah, of course, the following year's games are probably going to be better than it. But like, it's it's music was amazing, and even the story, yeah, it's a little bit generic for a for our JRPG. But like, I, th I thought the characters were pretty good, and so I think it got snubbed a little bit. And I I do adore Xenoblade Chronicles two, and like I I do love it, but I, I I still haven't done a new game plus with it. I haven't done a a a replay through of it. So I I, I actually don't know what would. I mean, like, I played Diablo 1 a couple times, but again, part of that's just nostalgia from being five years old and playing that. Um, I, I don't know. Like, Persona 5, like, yeah, I finished it. Actually, no, I still haven't even finished Persona 5. But, like, I haven't done a new game plus. I haven't. And that's the other one. Like, I, I, like, Persona 5 probably would be a good one because I could do a different relationship. I could do different confidants. I could um, do a whole bunch of different stuff there. But I haven't. So I, I don't know what would make me play an RPG multiple times. Okay. Uh, Luke, what about you? What would have you played a multi, uh, an RPG uh, multiple times? And if not, what would make you want to? Uh, the number one thing for me is alternate endings and not feeling pressured into choosing a specific ending because it either feels better or I guess is like written off as the canon one. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes they can make. On top of that, like, actual gameplay-wise, how good is the game? I mean, it can have a good story, but if the gameplay mechanics are shit, i.e. Cyberpunk, I really don't care <laughs> to ever play it again. Okay. I mean, well, I then... enjoyed the story of Cyberpunk, and I enjoyed building up V as a character, and, you know, I guess having the initial starting point is nice, and it does add some flavor, but it doesn't really impact how the story goes. Okay. I mean, there are, there are unique um... dialogue interactions, but it doesn't really matter too much i i do have a game to throw your way then that we all know has multiple endings uh fallout 4 you there's what four or five different endings that you could go with i think some of them end up the same but they do lead you you can do different choices to get there um, yeah. for example the siding with brotherhood of steel the railroad um what have you gone through and played fallout 4 for the multiple endings or did you do the multiple endings just to see what they were I played it once, and I only played it once partially because the game was long, but there weren't many different builds in the game that interested me enough to spec into a different or to start a new playthrough because because of the system was back then, or how they updated it to in Fallout 4 was basically you could just, every level you gain, change your build if you wanted to, whereas prior to that, the special points you added to the character were locked in that way. You couldn't get any more strength points, excluding maybe one extra talent choice you get later on down the road, but you could never actually increase your strength, agility, or whatever. It was stuck at that. And, you know, that was a shortcoming of Fallout 4, but also the voice acting. That was another thing that was a shortcoming to me, because it hindered it more than it benefited it, because it obviously limits dialogue choices, and on top of that, it, they had a trend going, where like, you know, oh, this is a sarcastic response, or this is the serious response, or this is the asshole response, and yeah you can see what the responses are yeah and 
again, certain voices fit certain characters better. And if you tried to make an Asian lady in Fallout 4, the voice just didn't match well. Or if you tried to make a black dude, the voice just didn't match too well. It just felt like it was a white guy voicing it. So to me, it's better just to leave the voice acting up in your own head. Like basically you read out in your mind how you think it would sound. Because obviously when you're playing a different Sound character, head, yeah. like imagine if you're playing a Khajiit in Skyrim, but you sound like an orc. I mean, you wouldn't want that. That'd just okay. be dumb. So then is it is it the NPC voice acting that gets you or is it your protagonist? No, it, voice it's, actor? The, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the protagonist because the NPCs are built a specific way and their voice actors are always catered to how they look. And if when you, when you basically build a character your own way, but the voice is the same and static regardless, it's just not that fun. I mean, it was, it was an interesting attempt and I didn't oppose it, but at the same time, do I think it benefited the genre? No, it didn't. It's best to leave that stuff alone. Or in case like cyberpunk, what they did right is having one specific character that you get to play throughout the game. Okay. Yeah, when you're making your own character, I do think they should be silent protagonists. I don't think they should have a voice. Or at the very least, if you do have a voice, you actually have enough voice options oh, like to, go with what, to go with what you want. Yeah, yeah. Baldur's Gate 3. That's a good example. Any of the Baldur's Gate series really is a good example for that. Because, yeah, the, the... I mean, I'm, I'm not a personal big fan of the um, blank slate characters that you, that you make your own character because, I mean, they're self-insert characters and i mean that's fine like i have nothing wrong with them i've just never personally been that drawn to them or at least if there is a self-insert character i like it better when they're not the main focus of the story like they're more just being dragged along than they're like like, like if you are playing as the main character that is like the driving force of the plot or whatever i like that to be a particular character already because at least for me i found that the interactions then between the other characters in the story are better because the developers have a better story to tell because they already know how you're going to react whereas if you are you if you are a you are not the main magical MacGuffin for some games <laughs> fire emblem um <laughs> that that it, it just works I, I hate that i hate the character being the magical MacGuffin unless they are a specific like named character for that story and i think a good example of that would be like how in divinity original sin 2 you could do a customized character that didn't have a preset background, or you could choose one of the pre-built characters, yes. like Sane, Ithan, or Seville. And play, it's like, why would I want to play a oh, generic so character who has... From. Yeah, like a character who has no unique interactions, or play a character who has unique interactions in the world, and I can still have the exact same story choices in the end. Like, why would I miss out on potential content just to create my own nameless character or my own i guess imagination of a character but doesn't really matter much like to me it just felt like having that was worthless in divinity original sin 2 but i mean i i enjoyed playing sabil's story i enjoyed ifan's story i enjoyed los's story bane's especially was cool so i liked all of those okay um my last question then is uh going forward um what is your favorite RPG to date? Oh, I was not prepared for that one. Uh, <laughs> I still got to say probably Fallout New Vegas. Okay. It just had the most broad choices and the most vague start that it allowed you to play it, to want to play it multiple times because you couldn't respect your character. So if you wanted to go in explosives, throw away grenades, boomy, happy, go explodey character, you could. Or if you wanted to play, you know, 
stealth with sniper rifles and never seen, you or, could. And, or Rudy Tootie Cowboy Suity. Each choice you made didn't really, like, your build didn't really affect how you wanted to play or what factions you wanted to choose because, I mean, if you, were, if you wanted to be more silent, I mean, you could still be an NCR Ranger. I mean, if you wanted to be silent, you could still be a, you know, a Legion Legionnaire. I mean, you could still do all those things. And it didn't, it didn't feel like it detracted from the actual gameplay or from the story when choosing your build. Whereas, conversely, in like Skyrim, if you wanted to join the Brotherhood, is, <laughs> or if you want to join the Dark Brotherhood, and you were going like two-handed axe orc, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, like, and and it just it it not only did it not have the like a a good feel to it, it just so goofy like you're this big honking guy in a shitload of really heavy gear with a massive weapon on his back sneaky sneaky up to people and they're like oh what's that oh must have just been the wind (laughs) (laughs) yeah to me i'd say today fallout new vegas still holds the best for me in terms of rpg okay um i think to date my favorite rpg it is a tough one um I'm going to have to generic it and just go with uh, The Legend of Zelda series. I don't know if I could pick a particular game just because, yeah, sure, it's only got the one story and there's no real dialogue options, but uh, between, like, um, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Breath of the Wild, uh, Twilight Princess, like, all of the story is so well written that, Every time you play it, you're still enraptured by it. You're still wanting to keep playing it. It's such an an enveloping story and gameplay style that it's just it it's it's what I would put to mind as the 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 classic or symbol action RPG. I think you cheated a little bit with saying a series. I think it's I, cheated a little it, bit. It, it, it does, uh, and, and I agree, but I, I don't know if I could pin down just a single RPG that is my favorite. Um, if I mean, if we're going nostalgia-wise, Ocarina of Time. If we're going for open world and not a set storyline and you could do whatever you want, Breath of the Wild. Um, if we're talking difficulty and complexity, Majora's Mask. So. Okay, I, I guess I'll let you take the entire series. <laughs> um, mine, see, the problem I'm having is two because it's the only two that that stick out really out to me in recent years, and one, one just feels like a cop out for me to say, so I'm going to not say it. No, go ahead, say it. Uh, well, so so the two that I'm, I'm kind of flopping between is The Witcher Three, obviously, and um, and Xenoblade Chronicles Two. And like I do like The Witcher Three, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Xenoblade Chronicles Two for my favorite RPG of all time, tentative because maybe I'll remember RPG for some odd reason that I forgot that I played. Uh, the reason why I like it better than Witcher Three is because I, I actually finished Xenoblade Chronicles Two. I still have technically not finished Witcher Three, and I'm not talking about like 100% like all the quests. I have still not finished the main story, and like it's a good main story. It is a good game. Like I enjoy it. I think it's one of the but, very few games that actually has like 400 plus hours of options. Yeah, of like, story like it is a, it is a good it is objectively a good game. But because like I I again unfortunately for me it suffered from the fact of I put it down 
for, for real life reasons where I didn't have enough time to be continually playing it. And then to pick it back up, I feel like I need to start back farther than I currently am at that save. And it's like, I, I just don't want to put all that time into it. And I think that's why for me, Witcher 3 won't get my highest because it is so big that it ends up being a detriment to it. Um, and I'm going to pick Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is again, like I've, I've mentioned, yeah, the story is a little bit generic. It's a JRPG. I mean, the story is nothing special, but the music is phenomenal, as I've already said. And it does some have an would, amazing soundtrack. And some people would disagree with me, but I really enjoyed the voice acting for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And <laughs> even the lame ass British accent for Rex. Yeah, like, even the even <laughs> lame Brit. Well, well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, was actually dubbed in the UK, so there's that. But I, like, I even, know, but it's still. But like it, it, the like the voice acting was solid. Even the memed on Rex's scream at the beginning of the game, where he's going, "I," like yeah. it, 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 the voice, just the voice acting overall, at least for the dub. I mean, obviously, I can't speak for the for the. The, um, Japanese dub, but at least for the English dub, like it, it was phenomenal, and I, I actually really enjoyed it actually being dubbed in the UK as opposed to being dubbed stateside or in Canada or something, because it's still dubbed in English, obviously, but having British accents for for all the all the drivers, but obviously except for Tora and the other Nalpons, but having actual then like American English accents for the Blades was actually really kind of cool. And I, I liked it better that way than if they had done maybe the reverse, where the British accents were for the Blades and then the English accents were for the Drivers. For me, it just helped that, yeah, they're human, but it, it just helped push that, like, they're, like, this is a different world. This is not, like, just like, oh, this is Earth, but just, like, in a different world. It's like, no, this this is, like, a, actually like a different world. Again, obviously, that's me being North American biased there with that. But, like, the voice acting I did think was pretty darn solid. And, yeah, the, the, the music for each of the zones the battle music the combat actually I, I i will i will take like five minutes here on the combat real quick uh like it looks like i remember seeing trailers for it and going yeah the combat seems kind of bare bones like i want to see the story like i heard good things about the first thing like chronicles but like, the combat actually was surprisingly in depth and once i actually figured because it, it was actually a little bit complicated once i actually figured out I'm like this is actually a pretty sick combo system like i the driver arts, the blade combos, doing those. I'm like, this is actually surprisingly good. Actually, getting delving into okay, I want a a fire blade. I want then Nia to have a wind blade, so I can do this combo. Oh, I need to have Zeke have the launch and a smash, so I can do the driver combo. And like, I I think actually it it actually is. I'm, I'm I, I do say underrated, but I, I don't think Metal Slate's underrated because it, 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 like it is pretty highly rated on most sites, and there is a decent enough people that know about it. So maybe I'm being a little too hipster with saying it's underrated, but I I don't think it quite it gets quite the the praise it does deserve. Maybe I mean, I'm, it, I'm I, maybe it, I'm praising it too much. It definitely well, it definitely does not get the praise that it deserves. I would rate it a solid eight point five out of ten, uh, if I'm going to be honest, just because overall it is a phenomenal game. Um, but we are fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to take that, uh, going to start wrapping up the episode soon here. Um, are there any final talking points or questions that either of you guys would like to pose to me? Um, I'm very bad at coming up with questions. So just, <laughs> just, just for a warn that if you ever do this, probably it would be from like Luke or Kayla to Ryan or somebody else. I'm very bad at forming questions. 
I know. You're a teacher. You teach stuff. You don't ask questions. You answer them. Yeah, I, I, I ask rhetorical <laughs> questions. I ask questions that the students should know and that I answer for them just in case they don't know. Um, I, I guess maybe just really quick, I, I mean, we've all kind of hit on it a little bit, but because there is obviously different types of RPGs in terms of like more choice-based, more um, gameplay-based-esque and more um, character-driven, um, like choice-based obviously being more like Fallout in terms of like, hey, you can do this path, this path. Um, gameplay-based in terms of like Skyrim, like, hey, I'm going to do this type of build for my character or this type of build or story-based like your Xenoblade, your Zelda. I guess, which one would you, do you guys prefer? I prefer a mixture of, again, freedom of story, but also gameplay. I mean, if the if the game is pretty bland, combat wise and like you know, interaction wise, I'm not gonna enjoy it that much. Like that's one reason I liked, I like Fallout still more than, than the Elder Scrolls, at least when Skyrim is because, you know, locational arrow damage isn't a thing, and I want that to be a thing, because. <laughs> and I, I would don't work. I would play Skyrim without a, without a crosshair because I, I liked actually having to aim my arrows based on how I thought the trajectory would go. Drop but it just felt yeah. so unsatisfying when I hit someone in the face and they didn't like you know take more damage than they would if they hit him in the toe. Whereas yeah. compared to you know in Fallout, I played with the kill cam like the, uh, the the I guess the theatric cam on very low where it rarely happened. So that when I did land those shots with a sniper rifle. You know that did have like the you know following the bullet and, like hitting them in the face like their head just exploding felt like oh yes like that is what I want to see. But also if you have a, if you add a difficulty choice to any RPG, don't make it so the enemies become bullet sponges and you become like a brittle piece of like you know. Yeah, a number, brittle number piece of on difficulty. Yeah, does that's fair. I hate that. Uh, that's not yeah. fun. That's just annoying. Yeah, I I prefer where. I'm. I think I would have to go. My favorite style of RPG would probably be a mixture between um, action and story. Uh, character, like your character creation, whatever. Throw me in a basic generic ass character I've played for the last six games in this series, and I don't really care. But if you can give me a good story that's worth investing my time into, uh, and good gameplay, uh, be it either combat or even just the ability to hop over walls or climb up walls or get on top of houses stuff like that where i can position myself or even just goof around for hours that's the type of rpg that i want i want i love that open world style um breath of the wild is a really great example of that so is um <clears throat> skyrim and um some of the fallout games but yeah i i would i would have to go story and gameplay slash maneuverability for my favorite style of RPG. Here we go. Um, so I think with that, we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, Luke, I definitely want to thank you for uh, popping on in. Sorry, it was a bit of a surprise and to get you like mid episode there. <laughs> I do appreciate your input though. Uh, and Will, again, I want to thank you for, uh, for coming on in for this as well. Yeah. No problem. All right, so we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. You have a good day.